11 o'clock news is over. It's Wednesday. That means normally it would be left, right, and center. Today, my friends, it is right and center because Jeff Schlemmer was hung up in court and uh, at the very last minute couldn't make it and uh, we were not able to get a replacement for him of his stature and we didn't want just some first guy that walked down the street. Now, did we, Bob? <laughs> second guy, maybe. And second guy. Right? I want somebody to get all on. Anyway, Bob and I are here. Bob Metz and Jim Chapman here today. And maybe this is an opportunity, Robert, for you and I to uh, to continue a discussion that we've had both on and off the air for some time now. Uh, a lot of people see us, uh, and they've told me this. I don't know whether they've told you that. They see us as being very kindred spirits politically. And I've said, well, I'm not just so sure that's true. I think Bob and I have... Uh, have a great respect for each other. I think our political philosophies are quite a bit different. Um, you, you, what I'd, I'd say that's true in a, in a number of issues. Yeah. I think it depends issue by issue where uh, we agree. Sometimes it's me and Jeff against you. Sometimes it's you and me against Jeff. But most people might perceive that's more often the case. Yeah. Now, you said when we were chatting off the air that you had a question you wanted to ask me when we, when we well, put the just, mics on. Just to pick up from last week's conversation where I didn't seem to be making much headway with the argument regarding price fixing and mm -hmm. the two companies that uh, that were accused and proven to be colluding together to fix prices. Yeah. I guess my question to you would be, well, of course my argument last week was that it's a non-issue, that we shouldn't be worrying about price fixing. What we should be worrying about is, uh, is the prices themselves and, and to make sure the market remains free. Mm -hmm. um, my question to you is, let's assume that they do get fined and found guilty and that they are indeed guilty of price fixing. My question to you is then, then what? Ideally, ideally, um, in the best of all possible worlds, which this is not, whatever sanction was applied against them, in this case the fines, would be substantial enough to deter them from doing this in the future. In the real world, the fines have not been substantial enough, and they've been seen as a, as a cost of doing okay, business. Okay, let's say they have a substantial fine. Then what? Well, as with most fines and most most punishments for a, a law broken. I'm less concerned about what happens after the law is broken than sending a message that this is something that should not be done in the first place. So what happens to them specifically, I think, is less important than how, how effective is the message that is sent by the government. Is it going to be a message that's going to remind, which I think is important, and, and I know we disagree on this, I think it's important from time to time to remind uh, capitalism that there are some there is some level of responsibility there. We do have a responsibility for one another to a certain extent, and I don't think that responsibility is exercised by artificially driving up the cost of a given item. Okay, so you've got company A, you've got company B, and they both colluded to charge, say, a dollar per widget, so mm -hmm. each of them charges a dollar per widget. Mm -hmm. Which company has to charge what? Well, my concern, again, I'm not duck ducking the question here, but I want to make sure it's framed properly. My concern is less about those two companies tr agreeing to charge a dollar per widget than it is if they are the only companies on the planet who make widgets and who have the ability to make widgets. That is more of my concern. I'm with you on the point of view that, yes, in, a, in an unfettered market, in a, in, a, in a free market, capitalist market, uh, sooner or later, in theory, an individual will come along, and if he can make a widget for 25 cents... Okay, we've got two companies here. We were agreed that they are in exactly that position that you just described. Yeah. They're the only ones supplying that, uh, I think the product was some kind of a, a, a grain feed or uh, something? Uh, it's a chemical. Chemical? Put, yeah. And, uh, okay, there they are. So which one should charge what for their, pro for their product, and who determines that, and how is that going to be set? 
Well, and what happens if in the future their prices are the same again? Are they automatically deemed guilty? Uh, I would hope a that uh, I would hope that they would that there would be a mechanism within the structure of these two companies to allow them to suggest that here, based on the things, or the based on the markup, for example, we charge on other products which we deem to be reasonable. We are in competition with other companies for these other products, so we, we do have to be competitive. And, and the competitive price, for example, is X percentage over our cost of production. Well, wouldn't that but, always which is not an unusual? Eventually, prices would all be very close to the same, regardless of how you do it. But that's where the advantage of your market comes in, because there's always a guy out there who can find a way to shave a penny off here, a penny off here, a penny off there. He cannot do that if he is if if he is excluded from ever getting into that marketplace and that's my concern I think that's an entirely separate issue um, from from the issue of price fixing um, you're, 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 you're assuming that there is such a thing as a monopoly that can be maintained by a powerful enough company with enough money I, I think um, it's self-evident that he can do that well I think a monopoly can maintain its own market like the market it, it, it itself created but mm -hmm. it can't control any market outside of its own product I can control 100%. I have absolute control over anything I make. Yes. And that holds true with every owner, whether it's a company or a corporation, but you don't seem to agree. Well, do you make something unique? Well, perhaps I do. Are you the only individual on the planet who is capable of making well, that? Well, every, every writer and artist can certainly say that because they're, every, every individual is unique in that sense, that but, their music is unique, their, but I don't their have writing to, style is unique. I don't have unique. to purchase their records. I don't have to purchase their books. The, 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 uh, my argument was predicated on the fact, and I'm not a farmer, I don't know. If you like their, their but, product enough, but I don't you have will to. feel that you have but to. But I don't have to. The, the, uh, my argument was predicated on statements made in, in some of the material we had here from both farmers and the whole nine yards, all the research we did that indicated that farmers who did not have access to this stuff at a quote affordable price and we can argue about what affordable is at, a, at an affordable price were put at a competitive disadvantage to their competitors. Well, what were they doing before these two companies existed with their product? What were they using then? They, they didn't use anything at all. Well then what's the problem with going back to that? If the company prices itself out of the marketplace then that's what you're going to end up doing. But my concern and is... And life went on then. So, so, <laughs> so, the, so the farmers, the farmers that can't pay these price, these fixed prices... It's got to be worth... All, all prices are fixed, Jim. There sure ain't no are. such animal as an unfixed price. Like when you sell your house, you're going to look down the street at your neighbors and see who's got a house similar and see what it's worth and mm -hmm. check the market and see what other people charged for their house and what they got for it. Yeah. You're not going to go ask them, how much did you make? What was the markup on your house? Did you put a lot of money into this? Did you spend so much? That's irrelevant to but the market. But, but what if those houses... Let's, let's take four or five houses on this street. Let's say there are four or five houses. I'm going to stretch a little, but I want to make a, paint a very clear picture here. Say there are four or five houses on this street, and the street's on a bit of a rise, and across the road, there have been some kind of run-down houses. And a philanthropist comes along and says, I don't want these run-down houses in our city, raises the thing, puts in nice grass and a couple of bushes, and suddenly the people across the road in these five houses have the best view in the city because they're on this hill and those old junky houses are gone. Now they've got a beautiful thing. There's a demand. Ten people come and want to buy their houses. Ten people want to buy them. Um, ten purchasers for five houses. Ten, ten purchasers for five houses. So the individuals in the house, of course, they, they can say and should say, well, you know, make me a bid on the house. Make me a bid. But supposing all five of them say, listen, we're going to get together and none of us is going to sell it for less than X number of dollars. Now, I know I'm stretching it a little because in a house it is a very personal possession and, and I'm not trying to say you shouldn't be able to get whatever the market will bear. But, but what if these people really need to live in here? One of them really needed to live there. 
really needed to live in that house. And don't ask me why, because I don't know. One of the existing people no, no, there, you the, mean? One of the new people coming along. It says, you know, I, I, I can afford to pay, you know, a 50% premium over what your house is worth on the open market, what the assessment is, so on. I can afford to pay 75%, but I just can't afford to pay 100%. Yeah. Is, is, it, is it still fair for all of them to say, well, we don't care, we'll take it from the guy who has got the money? Sure it is. Okay. It's not only fair, it's just, and it has to be that way. You can't have it any other way. Okay, I agree with you. Now, my next point is, to me, that is a different scenario than these two companies which dominate a product that is used by all of these farmers. The farmers, I'm told, can't get it anywhere else. And instead of, instead of making it competitive and saying, okay, what will you pay, what will you pay, what will you pay, what will you pay, which with many other products is exactly what happens and that's how the market works. Well, the suppose the farmer goes into the store and says, how much do you want for that sack of grain? And the guy says, I want five bucks for it. You know, you know what, you're only worried about one thing here and that's motive and motive is irrelevant. Uh, suppose that these guys weren't guilty and there was no price fixing and the prices are just as they are. Then they aren't fixed, are well, they? Well, then they're not fixed, but then the far farmers you're worried about still can't afford it and nothing has changed. Well, so your whole premise operates on what you think was going on in the minds of the people selling the product and who cares. The bottom line, as I always say, is the price. If you can afford it, you can buy it. If you can't afford it, you can't and you don't. And that is the harsh rule of the marketplace but that's telling you that you're in the wrong business if you can't afford to know how to compete with your competitors to compete with them. You shouldn't be in the business. That's, capitalism is there to clean out the inefficiency. And that's why inefficiency grows like, like, like fungus in a socialist but system. But capitalism is predicated on, a, on competition, and if you have two people controlling all the supply of this, out, of this whatever this product is, I suggest to you that competition then plays no role. And uh, I don't understand. I mean, I have two different definitions for that word. I, I, I realized that after arguing with you all last week. Okay. We have to pause yeah, for a moment. Okay. We will agree on that. Yeah. 643-1290 is the telephone number. Star 1290 on the Cantel if you care to join us today on Right and Center with Jim Chapman and Bob <laughs> Metz. You're listening to Jim Chapman, the choice of London, the voice of London, right here on 1290 CJBK. Bob Metz and Jim Chapman here. Josh Schlemmer uh, delayed in court today um, for this edition of Left, Right, and Center. We've just been chatting about competition in the free market and so on, and we invite your calls and comments. Uh, Ed has joined us. Good morning, Ed. Yeah, how you doing, Jim? Fine, thanks. The way I see it, the argument you're having is very similar to the one that's going on in the medical industry right now and the fight over generic drugs. Yeah. If I've got company A and I spend a whole bunch of money on research, and I would think that a drug that's used, or a chemical that's used in the farming industry would have to be developed along the same lines. It costs me millions and millions of dollars to, make it, to do the research and get this product to market. Mm -hmm. And uh, if company B who uh, goes to the store, buys a bag of my stuff, and does a quick reverse engineering on it, and comes out with a, a similar product, just sure. different enough that they can get by the patent rules, Yes. and throws it on the market for 50% of my price. What's the incentive for me as a company to continue on doing research on new, new and better products? Bob, well, I'll, let, I'll ask you to answer that question. Well, this, there, there may be incentive or not. The fact that a better competitor comes out and does the same thing in but a more efficient doing way. The same thing. He's basically just reverse engineering your idea, and that's where a lot of the, the, the cheaper knockoff products are coming from in the marketplace today. But, but if, and with but, something but, 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 heavily regulated like the chemical or medical industry, you've got to shell out a whole lot of money up front, and your only way of recouping that is to have a quote, monopoly for the first couple of years well, until you can get that, recoup those costs. Uh, that's actually the idea of patent in a lot of ways. Like, for example, when Bayer first developed uh, 
aspirin and, and put it out as, you know, as acetosilic acid, really. Right. But the name aspirin became so widely used that, that it was taken away from them and became almost a, a generic word that people could use anywhere. And I think something like that should never have happened. But if what you say is true, if Company A crea creates a drug that it spent millions on and Company B, uh, as you say, does some sort of reverse engineering, I don't, know, I don't know what that means, but it's up to the patent office to determine whether they have stolen an idea or come up with a fresh and new one. If there's a complaint here, it's in the patent process. If, if what you say is, is the situation where somebody stole somebody else's idea and just remarketed it a different way, but if the patent office is convinced that this is a different enough product to, to warrant its own patent, I don't think your argument holds anymore. Well, okay, uh, let's assume the two companies, like you're saying, the ones that are price-fixing, mm -hmm. had gone out and they had independently developed the product, which does happen quite often in industry because obviously they see that there's a niche that needs to be filled and they work on it. And they come out and they develop the, 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 the product independently of one another following a joint process. What's the problem with them? marketing it jointly together like like they were doing and uh, setting the price for it that way. I don't see a price problem with it as long as their customers can afford it and as long as uh, it's well, voluntary between them. What if their customers can't afford it? Well, then their customers won't buy their product whether the price is fixed or not. <laughs> if the price is too, you know, affordability is, is a matter of how high the price is, not how the price came into being. Make any sense, Ed? Yeah, I guess so. Um, you, 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 you also brought up the, the biggest key factor here, which is a whole side issue, and that's the regulation of, of the whole industry and the millions that companies have to spend to get a, to get a drug promoted and get a drug put on the, on the marketplace. Um, I don't know, for those people who tune in to uh, Dr. Merkin at the end of the day, he, he, he just rails about this and talks about the incredible expense to... Uh, you know, American and Canadian consumers that, that is being put on them by these regulations. And that's what keeps cheaper and more effective and more, uh, you know, benign drugs off the market. Well, there's no only, money only in, in promoting... Oh, to a point, but to a significant point. Mm, okay. And uh, it, it cuts away choice again. Ed, I appreciate your call. we got some people waiting, but All I thank right, you for being you. part of the show today. just want to say something very quickly then, or ask you a question then. So you have no problem with patent protection? Absolutely not. It's not a free market, though. That is a part of a free market. It's private property rights. When you, when, you, uh, when you spend money and you develop something on it, you look at the countries that don't have that protection. They don't have inventions. The first company or country that openly protected people's right to their own property was America through their constitution. And, and it was no surprise that America came up with 90% of all the new inventions, which is why the English language spread so strong throughout the world, because most of the new language and words related to new technologies. So the new, new the, uh, the, the, uh, this argument about generic drugs versus the, uh, the proprietary drugs, then you're on the side of the proprietary drug people. Uh, certainly to the right to their patent to their own product, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Let's go back to the phones where Robert joins us. Hi, Robert. Morning, guys. Yes, sir. Um, I'm in the video business, and I just wanted to make an observation, and I think that you can have a free and competitive market and still have the same prices uh, for everybody in the market. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that goes against what Jim is saying. Jim is uh, looking at prices, saying that if you have the same prices throughout a particular market, then you don't have a free market, which no. is not the case. No, Robert, that's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. What, what I am saying, and we, were, and we have to come back to this Archer, Dip, Archer Midland, Archer, whatever the heck their name is, Archer Daniels Midland Company. This was a situation where, according to the information we have, anyway, um, these, this company and its 
cartel around the world controlled all the supply of this particular thing. Uh, I don't even have a problem with that. My problem is, however, that the scale at which these companies operate and the cost it would take to build a factory to produce this stuff on your own means that nobody's going to build that factory because this, car this cartel around the world could uh, cut their prices, agree to cut their prices until such time as they ran you out of business uh, or threaten to do that to the point where you're not going to build the thing in the first place. I have, no, I have no problem with a product being the same price all over town as long as the people who are selling it still have the option. If you, for example, said, you know, if I reduce my price by a dollar, I'm going to move more of this product, I'm going to reduce the price by a dollar. If you choose to do that and, and let the marketplace work, then, then that's fine. If you choose to say, no, this, I'm getting a reasonable return on what I'm doing here, I have no problem with that, I don't care what the guy down the street charges, this is what I think is reasonable, then I have no problem if everybody in town charges the same amount. You know, Jim, I think that Bob has hit on a point, and that is one of motivation. In my business, when I see a, um, as a matter of fact, we have associations in our business, and I read their newsletters all the time, they're, they're very upset um, at one particular company which is a, a multinational video chain, which seems to be doing uh, a great business. And not because, that, uh, not because they have government behind them, not because they're doing anything that's illegal, but because they're making great deals with the studios. And a lot of people are upset, saying they shouldn't be allowed to do that. We should uh, bring in the uh, competitions guys yeah. and have the government look at them and all that. We make it, should make it illegal. Mm -hmm. I sit back and I say, well, gee, I wish I could do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I wish I could um, negotiate as well as they can. Mm -hmm. And I try to hone my skills and, and meet the right people and, and talk the right talk so that I can do what they're doing. I want to emulate them. Yes. I don't despise them. I don't feel bad about them doing good business because they're doing with it with on, in a level playing field in a competitive market. And um, Well, I have no problem know. with that either, nor does, nor does Mr. Metz. Well, it seems to me that the, your, um, your situation with the, uh, the chemical companies you know, if they have, happen to have uh, a great business together as an entity, I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, if I wanted to make a chemical and uh, do it better than them, you know, I'd, I'd try to emulate what they're doing well, and but I'd you, try to get around what I, I think that they're doing wrong. That's my whole point, Robert, is in this scenario we're talking about, the one that we're discussing, you can't do that. What's preventing me? Uh, the fact that they'll run you out of business long before you'll ever get your product to market. Not necessarily, Jim. Well, I'll tell uh, you why. No, uh, please even do. If, uh, even if I sell all my videos at the manufacturer's suggested retail price, which most people do, by the way, yeah. um, and that, you know, it's price. But we're not talking about videos here. We're talking about a specific case. No, 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 no. Just, just hear me out. All right. Um, even if we sell it all at the same price, I still have a lot of customers, and then it's based on customer service. It's based on speed of delivery. Mm -hmm. It's based on quality of product. It's yep. based on a lot of factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not. The, the difference here, Robert, is you're not manufacturing that product. You're simply distributing and selling the product. But, but, my, my, my point is, my point is, if the result of this collusion is that other people, other potential competitors, are effectively eliminated from competition, so so your collusion prevents competition, prevents the market from working freely, then I think that's wrong. But you can't, and, and, and what you're talking about, you're selling the product, and the product is available from a variety of different but, sources, but Jim, et cetera, et cetera. Jim, in a free market, you have the right to collude. That's part of what makes the market the free, that you have the freedom to make a deal with someone else. That's the whole point. That's as long right. as it's voluntary. two guys wanted to get together and uh, buy each other out or, or, or join as a one, one group, nobody would say anything against that. Oh, sure they would. Well, they're, they're, they're saying it in the United States right now with Bill Gates and Microsoft. Well, you know who's saying it? The government. 
You know, it's the same people who create the, the only monopolies that can really exist are government-subsidized monopolies. Well, I, I, I wouldn't argue that with you, but I don't buy the argument that everything government does is ipso facto always wrong. No, I, mean, I, I think I think the government does some positive things, and they do do some things in the belief, mistaken or otherwise, that they're doing what's right for their people. But everything government does with regard to price fixing is wrong. I agree. Not with other things, but with regard to price fixing. You know, I don't think you can really... I think we're using the wrong term here. I don't think we even should be saying price fixing because nobody can fix a price, but what you can do is agree to charge the same as the other guy. Mm -hmm. the, then you still have to go to the marketplace and place your price before the buying there public. There is no marketplace if you're the only producer of that product. That's what I can't seem is. to get through your head. If but you've you got a buyer, you you've got there's a There's nothing necessarily wrong in that. I mean, there's nothing morally wrong with being the only producer, the only distributor of a certain product. There's nothing uh, economically wrong with that because as long as, the, uh, as long as you and I are free to compete, and, and I don't mean... Um, but we're not, Robert, I don't, that's I don't, the no, whole no, point. No, 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 I mean free in a legal sense to compete. I don't mean uh, that the government should Without opportunity. subsidize me by, by hurting my, uh, my opponent. Well, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this then. We are a pretty wealthy society here in North America. Um, let's suppose that, uh, and you can pick any industry you want, let's suppose that everybody that sells televisions in North America decided we're going to up the price of our televisions by $300. You want to buy a TV from us, you could buy it last week for $200. It now costs $500. Oh, and by the way, don't go looking for that discount one coming in from, from Korea because we've told them if they screw around with us, we'll put them out of business, and we are big enough to do that. Well, you know, no, no, Jim, you I remember um, an anecdote about uh, Henry Ford, mm -hmm. who said that, yeah, yeah, you can buy my cars as long as you, at, at any color, as long as it's black. Yeah. And that's why we now have Chrysler. Yeah, but Henry Ford, no, that's not why, actually. It was much more complex than that. Well, I'm just, just boiling it down. To well, but you can't, you can't boil it in that direction. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of government intervention here, but I have yet to hear anybody, with all due respect, you or Mr. Metz or anybody last week, convince me that this situation where these two producers have jacked the price sky high because nobody else can make the stuff and nobody else can sell the stuff, I still have yet to be convinced how that benefits anybody other than suggest, them. I suggest we do without the stuff until somebody comes along and, and just and the marketplace tells them that we're not going to put up with it in that sort of a sense. That's the force that I'd like to see applied to these co corporations, well, so would not I. government so, force. So would I, but unfortunately it's not happening. So what do we do then? Well, that if it's not happening, then uh, I think that the necessary. marketplace or enough of the marketplace is disagreeing with, with Jim Chapman on this issue mm -hmm. that they want, to, they want to buy it at that price. They don't, they don't see a problem with it. Well, uh, I, I suggest you go and talk to some of the farmers because I think they would, you'd find that, just as an example, and, and here but I'm going to... Jim, you'll find people complain about the price of, of anything they, yeah. they are fully willing to pay for. Even taxes people complain about, and then they go and pay the damn things every year. Well, okay, uh, Bob, but which are, you, which are you happier? Which are you happier doing? Are you happy you're going to the store and buying a loaf of bread knowing that the baker maybe makes 10 cents on the loaf okay he's happy to make it you're happy to buy it are you happy about doing that or are you happy about going across the street to another store where you've got to get a special kind of bread that costs the guy almost the same as the first guy but he wants five bucks for it now under your model you have the choice you don't have to buy it but say you're going to buy it you want it you want it okay. which one are you happier about well i won't know all those things you just told me i'll just know that when i walk in the store there's a loaf of bread it's five bucks Isn't you know it that's, worth five that's bucks really to me? funny i have to i have to admit jim that's really funny when i buy a loaf of bread or whatever i buy i don't care at all about my um the person i'm buying it from sure uh, what they're making on it where oh, they got it of whatever course you do. No, I don't care. No, you do, Robert. Let me tell you why you do. Uh, you care in the sense of, of how pleased are you with this bargain. The first one I said, you get the loaf of bread, 
The guy, the guy's making a ten cent profit. It costs you a buck for the loaf of bread. Okay, I'm happy about that. You go across the road. You know damn well it costs him the same amount to make that loaf of bread. He's going to charge you five bucks, but you really want that loaf of bread. And I say, by all means, he has the right to charge five bucks. You have the right to pay it. But I'm saying to you, and I don't believe if you tell me otherwise, you're happier about buying the one dollar loaf than the five dollar. So loaf. should we bring the government in here and uh, just just to make me happy? No, no, it's not about. I don't want to bring the government in to make you happy. I, uh, you do only, on Archer Daniels Midland. I yeah. want, what I want the government to force Archer Daniels Midland, Midland to do is to play in a fair market. I want it to be a free market, and I don't. Why? Why do you want it that, that way to unfair. make you happy? Right. Pardon me. Uh, it sounds as if you want it that way just to satisfy your no, own no, 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 no. The sense point, of morality. No, 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 no. I was, I was responding to your point. You said it makes no difference economically or personally or any other way. And I was trying to point out that there are situations where it does make a difference. You're going to be happier paying a dollar than five. So okay, it does suppose, make a difference. Suppose there wasn't two companies. There was just one, and it jacked up its prices. Should it be going to the government? Should the government be going in there, too? Do they, ha do they have a patent on it? Yeah. No, it's none of the government's business. Okay, if they don't say they do have, don't have a patent on it. Well, if they don't have a patent on it, then we would assume, you would assume, the assumption is, that competition would come along if they thought it was a dollar to be made. But if, that, if that company, however, was so large and so powerful that it could forestall any competition, then yes, I believe there is a role for you government. Know, here, this is the word we had to have to define. I think you're using the word competition in a very literal sense, in the sense that unless there are two or more people in a particular activity, no. competition does not exist. No, no, that's not what I mean. Well, in my case, you, you might have zero competitors in an about, area and, and, and competition would still exist. I'm talking about competition at the cash register. We have to pause for a second because we have to make sure our cash register keeps working. Robert, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it very much. Thanks, guys. And we will be back. We've got Sean and Doug who want to have their say. You can have your say, too, at 643-129. Bob Matt's with me on uh, right and center, and we're back to the phones where Sean has been waiting very patiently. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Fine, thanks. And thanks for waiting. Oh, no problem. Um, I've just been listening to the show, and Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, but we, what you're talking about is regulation. Is that, is that uh, what, it, what it boils down to? I guess I'm talking about regulation in the same sense that a patent is regulation, yes. Okay, and now where is this regulation coming from? Is this going to be government regu regulation or private company regulation? Well, it has been at this point with the case we were discussing, which is a specific case, and I don't apply it to all cases. Mm -hmm. The case of Archer Daniels Midland, it was the United States government and I believe also the Japanese government that stepped in and said, boys, you can't do this. Right. Now, I just go back to your discussion about the widgets, okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got company A selling widgets for a dollar, yeah. and company B selling widgets for a dollar, mm -hmm. and they've agreed to do this. Yes. Now, I think the underlying thing is cost. I mean, if the cost for company A is 25 cents yes. for that widget, and yeah. the cost for company B is 10 cents for that widget, yeah. are we going to regulate their profit margin? No, I don't want to do that. All I want to do in that scenario is I want to make sure that company A and company B do not have the ability to prevent the formation of company C. That's my only concern here. And in the case of these, these guys, Archer Daniels Midland and the Japanese, their Japanese partners, and there were three or four other countries around the world. Well, wait a minute. They have the ability 
not to prevent anyone from forming a company, but they may have the ability to outcompete them and, and put them out of the marketplace that way. That's an entirely different thing. That is competition. Well, you and I would disagree on that. I don't think Why? I, I you don't. Mean, you mean everybody in the marketplace has to be successful I, and no, guarantee a ticket to success? I don't think it's comp. I don't think it's fair competition, and I could be wrong. I don't think it's fair competition. For example, to have a a, a product that's going to cost someone five hundred million dollars to 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 a billion dollars to build a plant to produce, and because you have these other companies have control now of all the production of that product, basically all the production of that product, they are in a position to, and this was part of one of the charges the United States government laid, that they had actively discouraged other people from coming into competition. They are in a position to prevent you, Bob Metz, from saying, you know, I can make that stuff cheaper and I can sell it cheaper too. I can do oh. it. No, 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 mind oh. you, mind you. Uh, how can they stop me from doing that? Because I have to be able to borrow the money and, and I have to be able to pay my bills and all of those sorts of things. And that, that comes down to a matter of choice as well. Like, the farmers, I mean, you, this is a chemical that they need. Appar like apparently we're, it is. We're saying, like, suppose this is a chemical that they need on a daily basis. Yes. Okay? And they can't, you just can't choose not to use it. And that's, that's where it comes down to. Well, that's, like, my, that's my point. You can so choose not to buy the $5 loaf of bread. Exactly. You, you can't choose not to buy that's that. That's my point. That's my point. You can't choose not to buy it, but you have no choice about who you buy it from. That's well, right. Well, the, and that's just the point why, why a company wouldn't even want to do that. Why would a company want to drive its market out of business? Does that make sense to anybody? Because, as you said, Robert, the price doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how high the price is as long as that individual can pay no, the no, price. No, no, I said the price is the only thing that matters. I said what doesn't matter is the agreements that people okay. came to. to so get the only price. Price. something so that's needed on a daily basis, then there's always going to be a market no matter what the price. They need to use it. That's, that's the monopoly. Why, why then aren't loaves of bread $10 in our society? Everybody needs a loaf of bread every day. Why aren't they 10 bucks? Why aren't they? Because, Why aren't they? Because it doesn't cost $10 to produce a loaf of bread to begin with. Well, it doesn't cost and, anywhere near what these guys are and, charging and, for their lysine either. And because if somebody charged uh, 10 bucks for a loaf of bread, you'd start baking your own bread because you know that you can bake it cheaper for yourself. All right. A bad, and that's, that's bad not example. A, that's not a bad example. It's, a, it's an excellent example, and, and it holds No, it's a bad with, example because these farmers, the farmers and, can't and make this. And everything else. The farmers can't make this product themselves. Well, again, if they, can't, the right if they can't afford the product, which is an entirely separate issue from whether well, the product was priced it. out of... They can afford it. They're not starving. The point is that these Well, then got, there's no issue. There's no issue at all. No issue at all. Then, then, then they carry on. They can complain about, complain about the prices all they want, and maybe if a couple of them get together and the product isn't patented, they can make it for themselves okay. and not bother so even the, selling it, but so make when it the, for themselves. So when the gasoline companies tomorrow put gasoline up to $10 a gallon, you're not going to complain? Well, sure I'll complain as a, as a consumer, but I'm not going to run to the government and say, uh, okay. oh, you gotta, you got to okay. do something about this because I know I'm going to pay for okay. it one way or the other. So, so basically you're, you're going to pay the $10 and say that's the price of a if free I, market? If I can afford it, yes. If I can't mm -hmm. afford it, I'm out of the market. Now what, what about you? And then they lose my sale. What about you, Sean? <laughs> There's no way, I, there was no way I would pay, uh, you know, $10 more for a tank of gas. Like, it's, it's gouging. That's what, what it comes down what to. What if it's the only way it's you had to work? What, what if you had to get to work and it's the only way to get there? Well, you just, like, it's just not right. Well, what right, if the price you know? went up 10 bucks a gallon, but 
It costs nine ninety nine. And it's still collusion between extra. the gas companies. And I mean, if if so the gas companies that, can't then. regulate themselves, then the gas companies should be regulated by another means, be it private or government. And so, that's that's the whole point. So you like, so you support regulation then? Of course. No problem. Okay, Sean. Thanks for the call today. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. And Doug's up next. Hi, Doug. Good morning. Yes, sir. How you doing, guys? Fine, thanks. Uh, I was, first of all, I'd like to say that, uh, Jim, I have to agree with you on uh, what you're talking about there with ADM. They're definitely, uh, uh, you know, they got the market sewn up and they're gouging everybody. And I'll give you another perfect example. And we've probably all had to buy these. They're diamonds. The beers control every diamond in the world. Diamonds are very, very cheap. And every time that somebody finds a diamond mine, well, these guys go in and just buy them out so that they can control the price all over the world. Yeah, that's true. The, the production cost of diamonds is, is a it's, fraction. It's next to nothing, yeah. yeah. That's right. Now, so, they suck all of us into saying that, you know, uh, one or two months wages, and so, uh, you know, you have to go out and you buy your wife or girlfriend a nice rock, and it costs you a fortune. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that these should be costing you that kind of money. If they didn't cost that, you wouldn't buy them. They would be considered worthless, and it would be an insult to your wife to buy the thing if it only cost you a nickel. So that means the whole they, point they're of allowed them to gouge you two, three, five, ten thousand dollars for. What a people are buying with a diamond is not utility. They're buying an emotional attachment. They're buying. They're, that's they're, because they're, these people are brainwashed you into thinking well, that that's what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, but uh, uh, the difference the difference here is you have the option to say I'm not going to buy a diamond. I'll get her a gold bracelet instead, right? Right. So the Archer Daniels Midland thing is a little different because the farmers can't say, I'll get a gold bracelet instead of the lysine. I've got to have the product. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. I agree yeah. with you on that. And yeah. the beer is the way they control everything. It's, it's basically the same thing. It's all control. So you're saying that if, I, if I'm selling a product that I'm the only producer of and there's a group of people out there who have to have it, I have no say over what price I can charge my product. Well, you should be able to have a say, but when you're gouging, and you're the only one, and well, you don't let anybody else into that line of work, like how, Jim is saying, if a guy I... goes and builds a factory, they're just going to undercut him so that he is gone. Okay, Doug, at what point am I gouging? Am I gouging when 5% of the market can't afford to pay, 10%, 15 20 At what point am I gouging? What, where, where would you say well, is the gouge Well, that depends on the like? product, of course, and, uh, you know, what the value of it is. That, that's not, yeah, it does, but that's irrelevant to my question. Wh at what point? Am I gouging? Am I gouging when half the people can't buy it, or when three quarters can't, or ninety percent can't? Where is the gouging point? Well, that's you know that's a good uh, a good question. Like, well, have you got an answer? Well, no, I don't. What I'm saying is, well, how can, how on, can on you support? Your, like like we said, a loaf of bread there a while, well, like ten bucks. Well, you'll, Doug, you know. Doug, Doug, what do you mean by gouging if you don't even know what the answer to that question is? What is gouging then? Well, gouging, gouging is, is when you are just completely overcharging for a product that isn't worth anywhere near what... Uh, but if people are paying it, how can you say you're overcharging? Yeah, they're paying it and they're uh, all crying about it as well, aren't they? Well, that, that, no, they're not. They're paying it. They're but, Dougie, they still, they still have the option of not buying it, and that's where, it's, that's where the, uh, the uh, But even if you didn't apart. have the option of not buying it, if you had to have it, at what point... Does gouging take place when 50% of the farmers it, go out of business? Or people 75%? are going to pay today. They have to. Yeah. If you absolutely have to have it, doesn't matter what they charge, you're going to pay. You're going to find a way of paying yeah. for it. Yeah. And, and you're so, going to complain the whole time you, you're buying it. Yeah, and so what are you telling me? What price do I have to charge? And, and at what point? How many customers do I have to service before I'm gouging? At what rate? You know, who's going to determine all of these things? Well, the market, if there's true competition. Exactly, yeah. Well, the market does. No the market's doing though, it now, uh, and that's what you're complaining there about. Is no, there is no, if one person... Well, let's just get a point here. Okay. A market is a place where people make choices freely, not choices that they may agree with the other guy. Mm -hmm. You have every right to disagree with what the other guy's doing, okay. and he has a right to disagree with what you're doing, and that applies to your economic choices as well. When a market is not free, is at the point 
physical force enters the relationship where someone is put out of business not because he can't compete but because a law is put into place or the local mafia comes down and tells him he's got to close down his store because well, he's competing. What's the difference between the local mafia and a, and a company like Archer Daniels Midland? Who they don't use guns. They don't use, oh, they don't uh, use physical wait, force. Wait a minute now. They are Hold producers everything. who have a rightful ownership to what they make and so, they can charge a million so the bucks So the government's not using force on us either. Nobody, nobody holds a gun to my head to make me pay my taxes. Sure they do if you don't pay Where's the taxes. The gun? There's no gun? What are you well, talking about? Where's the gun? The gun's not there because you, you're, you're paying your taxes, Jim. You stop paying it and you'll see the gun. I will, I will see. No, I will never see a gun. I may go to jail, but I will never see oh, a gun. And, and, and if you... Well, what is jail? You'll be threatened. Oh, jail is no, the same thing. And if you get out of jail, go, they're no, not going to... Now, wait a minute. Now, you're trying to have it both ways. You're butting your bread on both sides. You drop it on the floor and you don't want dirt on either side. You can't do that. Jim, you don't see the difference between someone having the power to grab you off the street and put you in a jail or hold a gun on you and a guy who's just outselling you no, what in I'm, a marketplace well, to course, other customers who are buying your I product. Do. Of course I do. Don't you understand how foolish it is to say the only difference between the difference between the mafia and Archer Daniels Midland is the mafia is going to put a gun to your head. I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, that is they the have, difference. The, the result is going to be the same. They are both going to apply force to you, which you say yeah, is wrong. No, no, no. See, we, but not physical, violent force. The other force is the force of the market which we which we look towards to regulate things okay we have to leave it there doug thank you so much for your thoughts today thank you appreciate it we'll be back in a moment or two with more of is this right and center what the heck is this we don't know <laughs> but we're know. having fun hope here. you're having fun <laughs> listening we're back uh, with left right and center uh, the left is still in court uh, jeff schlemmer but bob metz and i are here and jack's with us hi jack Hi, uh, Jim. Yes, uh, I have to say, I have to jump to Bob's defense here. I really kind of resented it when you say he's buttering his bread on both sides and changing his story, because you're doing that constantly. You'll give an example, and, and then you'll change it, and you'll say, what if this? What if that? Yeah. You're talking about a free market, but right off the bat, you're setting conditions. Like, even with Archer Daniels Midland. But there, I don't believe in a free market. The, buyer, the farmer does have a choice. He has a choice not to buy the product. As simple as that. You know, you're saying, you're assuming in your the initial premise that he has to stay in business, that there's some requirement that it's just uh, metaphysically impossible for him to go out of business. But that is his choice. Well, sure it is. And I've never argued that. Well, I think you did. You're saying he has no choice but to buy the product if he, wa if he wants to stay in business. And you've, like your example last week, too, with the fellow up north that's, uh, you know, uh, he's uh, isolated. He uh, can't get to where he can't walk. There's no mass transportation. And Bob said you're spending a fairy tale, and you are. You know, you're setting all these conditions on this. You know, if he wants to do this, then he has to do this. He has no choice. But you've already taken that choice away from him by basically presetting it as a metaphysical condition that it is absolutely necessary that he stay in business. Well, Jack, what we're having here is a, is a discussion. I mean, that, you know, don't you ever discuss things metaphysically? Oh, what's don't that you, don't, do don't, with you, don't you ever hypothesize about anything, Jack? Is the whole world literal to you, <laughs> yeah, Jack? Yeah, but well, what are you trying to say? Of course, of course I do, but well, again, then, you're then, taking then, away the choice. You're setting up a condition it. right away saying this guy has no choice but to buy this product. And I'm just saying, well, of course he does. He cannot buy the product. Well, that is the choice. Then there's no value ever to discussing hypotheses, is there? Oh, sure there is. Well, what's well, the I don't see you your, uh, me, the you connection there. You just told me it doesn't work. There's no value. I shouldn't do it. What, 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 well, now I you're don't doing understand the same thing. your point. No, you're doing the same thing to Jack that he says you're doing to me. You're switching, you're switching his attention from having an open discussion about what the discussion is about. Like, he's not arguing that we shouldn't have an open discussion. He's just saying that your point he disagrees with, don't you think? 
Well, I'm not sure. If that's what he's saying, then that's great. I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with me. But to suggest that we shouldn't have a discussion that involves hypothetical conditions seems to me to, to limit it unnecessarily. Part of the fun for me of an intellectual discussion is to pose hypothetical situations and what would we do if. Yeah, but all I'm saying is that within the confines of that discussion, you are limiting that. And you, certainly you can say, you know, if this, then what? But your condition restricts the choice in the beginning. You're already saying the guy has no choice. But the point is that he actually does have a choice. Well, it, it, if, if he has no choice, then it becomes a different matter. Okay, but Jack, that, I want to ask you one question then. And maybe I'm changed. Maybe I'm doing what Bob is convicting me of also. Bob, Bob and I, the, the, the major bone of contention here, the original bone of contention revolved around these guys, Archer Daniel Midland. The, the government said, you guys are colluding to keep these prices too high. I don't know what too high means, but the government knew that. You're saying, I assume, if you agree with Bob, you're saying that, that the government should not have done that. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. So then, and, and I hope I'm not hypothesizing too far, if all the oil companies tomorrow put gasoline up to $10 a gallon, you think that's just fine? No. What's wrong with that? I pay it or not. Well, I, of I'm not saying whether it's right or not. I'm saying whether they have a right to do that or not. I, I can, like Bob said before, you can complain about it all you want. I may not be happy with it, but that doesn't change anything. Well, let's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hypothesize a little more. Forgive me. Let's suppose, just for fun, that they do put it up to ten dollars, and let's suppose that you need that. Uh, you need that gasoline to go to work, mm -hmm. and, and let's suppose that uh, by having to pay that ten dollars a gallon and you need a whole bunch of gallons every week they're not going to put you out of business jack but they're going to take every extra penny that you've earned all the all the things for all the niceties for your family and all the extra things you'd like to get out of life they're going to take every one of those well, then why don't they do it well that's not the question well, well if that's no 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 wait a minute you're, you're one, hypo one hypothesis one hypothesis at a time <laughs> no, but you, you see now maybe i'm stupid but to me to me it is exactly the same situation if they put the gas up to ten dollars and they all did it and there was no competition you, it, it seems to me bob you're saying that's just fine i'm saying that there's a dimension beyond that and it's where you and i fundamentally disagree i do not believe in totally unfettered capitalism and that's why because I think there, and I, we've had this discussion before. But then, but then if you don't believe that, then you do believe in regulation. In some, in some specific situations, well, yeah, and I said that from the beginning. But what specific situation? I come back to this the, specific okay, situation. Okay, ADM, we're back to ADM. Yes. What price should the two companies charge after they've been found colluding? Again, you're back at the, at the having to determine what they must charge to their marketplace. There's no other way to get around it. You, you can't just give them a fine and say, well, don't do that again. Because tomorrow, sure you can. And tomorrow and you're, okay. either, you're either going to find that one is charging much lower than the other, mm -hmm. in which case the one charging lower might be, might be uh, you know, accused of the very thing you would accuse him of, trying to drive the other guy out of business. The other guy's going to be charging higher. He could be accused of price gouging. But if they, if they charge the same thing again, then they could be accused of collusion. So they're on a lose-lose-lose situation here. They are not going to win this argument given the parameters that antitrust and the philosophy that you're putting forth well, why, right now gives them. It, they Bob? have no choice. They're going to be guilty, guilty, guilty in all three options. Why is it then that every product in every industry around the world does not have all their prices at the same price? They basically do. All the prices are very similar. You go into a TV store, you go into a video store, you go into a, a car shop, you go into anything, the prices are all relatively the same. Ah, uh, relatively. So it's, but, re it's relative well, now. 
Well, but basically they're the same. Gas prices are basically the same. You All right, so, but, but the, the relationship then, so the, pe the person at the top of the relationship, then they're gouging, and the person at the bottom of the price relationship, then they're under there trying to put their competition out of business. That's the theory according to Chapman, yes. Well, I think that's the theory according to Metz from what you're telling no, me. Well, that's the theory according to antitrust. I'm saying that they're just each charging what they think they have to charge to get their customer in All the right. door. Jack, we have to leave it there. Appreciate your call, sir. Yeah, thanks, Jim. I want to try to get one more caller on who's been waiting. Hi, Greg, we got about a minute here. Oh, right. that's okay. Okay. Uh, first, I'd like to commend you, Bob. I've learned a lot by listening to you uh, because you express so well what I believe in. Thanks, um, In the case of this uh, this company that that's sort of the foundation of why we're having fun with this is um, the farmers do do have a choice. As long as they keep buying, obviously they're still making money. Mm -hmm. um, they could also choose to do some other form of farming. Um, or something else, and I find that cases like this um, kind of almost extremely frightening and, and dangerous because um, it is um, so subjective as to what they should have charged. And any time you get Big Brother, the government, into a, a, what I would suggest is extremely gray area where so much judgment had to be called, um, you know, it's sort of almost the kiss of death to, to freedom and but free you know, enterprise. Greg, I, I think there is an answer. I've been trying to think here in the back of my mind as we've been talking. I think there is an answer, Bob, to your question about what price should they charge. Mm -hmm. I think it, it might be useful to go back to the point at which they were still in honest, open competition each, uh, with each other. What did you charge then? When when you had to compete for that farmer, even but, though even though five years ago maybe when that was costs were totally different, labor costs were different. Well, then look at that. So, then look at the ratio between those costs and your selling well, price. Well, then you've set up a bureaucracy to control this company forevermore. All right, Greg. Thanks for your call today, Robert. Thank you for a very thank interesting you. discussion. It's always fun, and Jeff missed out on a good one today. Folks, thank you for listening to the program again tomorrow. We've got a very busy show. We've got a, a lawyer from Edmonton who says the RCMP screwed up huge and and did a very, very bad thing to his client. We've got the RCMP inspector who says, not so, not so. We're going to talk about the date rape drugs here in London. Are you at risk? Are the women in your family at risk? We've got Sue Johansson, the sex, sex, what do they call her? The sex lady, whatever she is. You know, you've seen her on television. She's on with us, and we're going to take a look at the problems with Bill Gates and Microsoft in the States. And next week, a week from today, Jerry Springer will be here on Talk of the Town. And that's as close to the Springer show as we're going to get here, I hope. Thank you for listening. For Bob, the, uh, the absent Jeff, Ryan, Kathleen, and the whole staff, please take care of each other. Mind how you go. Stay tuned for Ask the Experts with Bud Polhill at 1230, and have yourself a great day. Bye-bye.